Welcome to the 286th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida and I am a recovering COVID patient. Yes, indeed, folks, I am recovering. Um, funny thing happened at the office. I saw a new patient today and we got to talking and I had been out for my quarantine recovery type period. And so uh, office patients were rescheduled and I did do some phone consults from home, but otherwise, you know, I wasn't in the office. And so we had this conversation today and I said, you know, I was out, uh, you may have heard I, you know, I had COVID and, uh, you know, the member kind of grinned and he said, I kind of put two to two together. And I thought that that was probably the reason it, it was almost like, geez, you either had COVID or you were in rehab or you had a facelift or some sort of, you know, secret procedure done, but no, it, no procedures, no secret, anything. I just had plain old COVID, uh, and I'm feeling much better. Um, I actually have, um, started back, uh, with my exercise program. Um, easy, easy does it. I wear a heart rate monitor, as most people know that listen to, uh, the program when I train, so I know my heart rate zone, so I watched that, but um, been mainly walking uh, with Gretchen and Sophie, and added a little running in the last couple of days, uh, about a mile, mile and a half, and feel good, no shortness of breath, no cough. You can, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you'll notice last time was very nasally, this time is a little less nasally, but I still have a little bit of that going on, some sinus type of deal. Um you know, people wanted to know, you know, how bad was it? And certainly for two, three days, I felt pretty nasty, uh, very fatigued, headache, back pain. The back pain was probably one of the worst things and the most thing that has lingered. And I think it's almost, again, you know, I talked last episode where it's uh, inflammation of the, the meninges or the round the spinal cord, I believe, that really um, was part of all this. Um, that just got irritated and was, uh, you know, almost like I threw my back out again, but I didn't do anything to throw my back out. So, um, that's been a little bit, uh, difficult to come back, but it is getting better every day. And, uh, it's, you know, if anybody gets it, heat certainly is probably one of the best things that, that helped it. Even in the car today, I put my heat, uh, on in my seats and that seemed to, you know, relieve some discomfort just, you know, from being in that position. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, am still taking the vitamin C. I plan to keep taking that to get my strength back. I think it's a good anti-inflammatory antioxidants for rebuilding, taking six to gr 10 grams of vitamin C a day. Um, I'm now drinking some of it in a form of uh, sufficient C. Um, seems to be a little bit easier to get down. I'm not a real good pill capsule swallower. So that seems to help taking vitamin D, zinc, and quercetin. Um, but again, my energy is is coming back, and um, you know I'm gonna follow a protocol that is about fifty percent of my uh, volume in mileage time, so to speak. And again, I'm just going to up the running as I feel, um, and gradually decrease the walking, increase the running, um, and increase the duration uh, over the next few weeks, depending on how I feel. I'm not uh, pushing it. You know, we had a 50-mile race scheduled for the second week in February. I don't think that's going to occur. I don't know what's going to occur. Just going to play it by uh, feel. Um, hopefully, we'll be joining the plant-based striders and doing the March 
13th marathon, and that'll be an easy, um, just a nice, fun effort uh, over in uh, the east coast of Florida in Stewart. So um, you can get uh, links links to that, the Treasure Coast Marathon. And if you want to come and join us for that, um, our plant-based running group uh, has been struggling. Um, I've not been there for uh, a week. Um, second week, I'm out, and uh, uh, that group here in town is it seems to be um, um, faltering a little bit. I'm hoping that's going to get back together. That's a little bit disappointing that um, the show hasn't gone on quite as good as I uh, would have hoped. But um, nevertheless, we'll we'll get it get it back on the holidays and everything. People tended to get separated. But I think it's real important to have running groups. If you want to join our virtual group, you can go on over to Facebook, Plant-Based Runners and uh, Plant-Based Striders and Bikers, um, and uh, join in and, and watch some of our progress. So I got a couple questions this week. I thought I'd, I'd hit them, um, you know, a little bit, and they all kind of tie together. Um, I was asked about uh, the pros and cons of fasting, versus intermittent fasting. And I was uh, also asked about ghrelin, which is a hormone that's associated with appetite stimulation. And it's, um, it's somewhat interesting how both of these tie together and can tie into um, the SARS-CoV uh, uh, virus. So if we go a little bit first into this uh, Greeland, spelled G-H-R-E-L-I-N, um, you know, it's, it's thought that people have excess amounts of this hormone or, or overeaters, and they don't get full as easy, and they tend to not be able to lose weight. And, um, you know, it always comes into when we, we identify a hormone, can we, put a, can we take a pill that'll block that and make it go away? And, you know, I... with. Everything that we do pharmaceutically in the field of medicine, you have to ask what happens on the back end of things. Um, most medications have some side effects. They may be rare, but they do have some side effects. And when we block one thing, we sometimes stimulate another. So, you know, to say we can just kind of throw a pill at this overeating thing and everything will be okay is certainly not the, the case um, in this instance or in, in other instance. And I think that's, you know, um, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the COVID vaccine uh, a little bit at the end. And, and there are pluses and minuses with everything in life. And there are no clear-cut answers. And I've got a lot of calls, you know, what do I do? And, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of go through that as well. But anyway, if we go back to this Greeland thing, um, it, um, it is manufactured primarily in the gut, in the intestines, and it, um, it has to do with um, secretion of insulin. It actually inhibits the secretion of insulin or decreases it. It um, um, has to do with fat depositions, increases fat deposition, increases growth hormone release. It regulates thermogenesis, uh, meaning you're hot and cold. It also decreases sympathetic nerve activity, which has been shown to improve the prognosis after a heart attack. So yes, this thing that makes you fat or hungry, Greeland also improves your prognosis after a heart attack by decreasing sympathetic tone. It prevents muscles from decaying. It regulates bone formation and stimulates bone formation, for example, decreasing osteoporosis. 
On the other hand, it might be increased. Uh, it might its expression might also be increased in the cancer cells that are metastasized to promote metastases. So a bad thing. So a lot of goods, a lot of bad. Um, you know, certainly it has to do with um, nutrient sensing. You know what? What you know? You got the once for something, and I need to eat now. Uh, it prevents low blood sugar during fasting. So this hormone will keep um, glucose regulated through the liver. Um, and it, it, it um, you know, if when people take things like uh, metformin for diabetes, which decreases the production of glucose, Greeland uh, production also decreases um, as a um, also side effect of metformin. Um, the ghrelin increases the formation of fat cells as well as, um, uh, lipids. Um, and that hormone is decreased if you fast. Um, and if you take it and decrease your energy and if you increase your energy expense, so exercise and fasting will decrease the production of that particular hormone. So again, you know, you can look and see, well, you know, there are good things and bad things from, from this particular hormone, and is it, is it the reason why people are overweight or overeat? And certainly it could play a role, but it's certainly not the, the end-all, be-all, and affecting this hormone is going to have a lot of other side effects. So I, I, I would go to other methods for um, looking at why people overeat. And one of the things that I have... Uh, noticed over time is that, you know, your body's pretty smart at noticing, knowing what it needs. And um, if you've ever, you know, had a holiday meal, eaten a whole lot, and a couple hours later, you're kind of looking for something, you know, the refrigerator door opens and shuts and opens and shuts. And sometimes, um, you know, when we don't get the nutrients that we actually need. We get calories, we get fat, we get things, but we don't actually get the nutrients that we need. For example, antioxidants and anti-inflammatories and other vitamins and minerals that may not be present in the food that we overconsume. We continually we 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 have that urge to to eat more. And so if you find that you're an overeater, I would look to what nutrients you're taking in and really go back to whole foods, simple foods, and getting the prepared things out. And that prepared description is, um, you know, it, it varies widely from person to person. People say they're, you know, all the time, I'm, I eat whole food, I'm a plant-based whole foods, you know, nutrient type of person. And then you know, I later find out they're eating peanut butter and garden burgers and, you know, French fries and potato chips. And that's nothing to do with whole foods. A whole food is an orange or it's a potato, it's green beans, it's broccoli. It looks like it. It's not spun into a smoothie or a zucchini bread. It's the whole food. And I think going back to the whole foods really lets your body, you, your taste buds, um, you, you get a sense it tastes, takes longer to chew and digest whole foods um, than it does, obviously, if you eat an orange versus drink orange juice. If you, you know, you're eating your fruit rather than putting it all in a blender and, and drinking it, then you get the taste of the, the fruit, the fiber, the nutrient. It goes in slower. And I think that's that's much more helpful in regulating intake. Um, also making sure that you have plenty of fiber in your diet, um, you know, helps to regulate uh, the intake. You, you, you know, you get that bulk. I think some people, um, 
have a scent, they need more bulk in their diet than other people. Some people, you know, they, I can't get my greens in because I get full too quick and I don't get the other nutrients. And there tend to be the skinny people because they get full really quick. And then there are people that, you know, they can, they can, they can eat all this other stuff and still have plenty of room and they get hungry two hours after they have their greens. So I think you take your personality, maybe it's your ghrelin type, and, and then you work with what you have. If you're someone that doesn't get full very easily, then I would bump the fiber, bump, bump the whole foods. If you're someone that gets full very quickly then and you're low on the calories and you need to gain weight, then we focus more on the more high caloric density foods that also have a wide variety of nutrients in. And uh, luckily, we have a registered dietitian, Addie Delaney Minerich, that works with us uh, and can help people, um, you know, get that sorted out. And we work with people on a daily basis in the office to, to do that as well. And I'll take this break. Uh, to say that there are time to buy tickets for our Zoom conference, uh, which will be in one week on the 13th. Next Wednesday, we'll be doing a Zoom conference um, on Wednesday evening, uh, 5.30, that you can purchase a ticket at drdelaney.com, and we'll be cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, two meals each, and discussing the nutrients and um, doing questions and answers if you'd like to up your diet or talk to one of us or have the ability to to kind of get in on a private zoom conversation you get those tickets over on drdelaney.com but anyway that's that kind of takes us through the greelin uh aspect of things i hope that was a, a little bit of, a little bit of help um when i look at fasting it is it's kind of like a reset to your system Um, you quit eating, especially, you know, a lot of people define fasting different ways. You fast overnight when you, you know, go to bed and you don't fat until morning, you fast between meals, but I'm talking about, uh, prolonged fasting first, uh, which would be, uh, you know, water only fast. And that, that's the most studied fasting technique, hard reset. You deplete your energy stores, your glycogen stores in your body. We have about 2,000 calories of glucose in our muscles and about 200 calories in our liver. So you deplete those to the point where you start burning your own fat for your nutrients. And what happens is that you generate some ketone bodies that you, that you use uh, for energy and your brain. You break down a little protein for glucose in your brain but you're resetting things completely. And you also reset um, your, your cells in that your white blood cell count goes down and it stimulates the production of new white blood cells. Um, there's an improved sleep. There's in, there's an improvement in heat regulation where you actually convert some white fat to brown fat or tan fat. But with the immune response that's very interesting, as far as with COVID, you actually um, initiate um, autophagy. And autophagy is the cellular surveillance system that we all have that allows our body to say, oh, this is a bad cell. There's been some DNA damage. Uh, It's old. It's not working. And so our body uh, eliminates that cell. And that also has a lot to do with how our body recognizes an infection or a virus or an invading something and, and, and initiates an, an inflammatory reaction to get rid of it. And that happens um, during um, fasting uh, associated with COVID infections, been shown. So when you fast, 
Um, I've talked about target of rapamycin in the past, and we know that um, people that are uh, animal eaters, um, you know, high-protein diets, there's an increased um, target of rapamycin, and it's called mTOR. People that have cancer, mTOR is activated. But when you fast, you actually decrease your mTOR levels. Um, Long-living people have low levels of mTOR. So fasting decreases mTOR in a good direction, and it activates this autophagy. And autophagy also will inhibit viral replication. And so when you're fasting, you again, the nutrient depletion is also decreasing nutrients to the virus and is stimulating this autophagy and um, is, is very helpful. The other thing that happens with autophagy is it produce, it also stimulates the production of anti-aging sirtuins that help, again, the body to repair um, damages uh, uh, on, on a cellular level. So, uh, you know, if you, if you take the... Um, again, COVID back into or SARS infection back in to uh, light, fasting is actually um, most likely somewhat protective. And interestingly, um, when people get a fever, they tend to lose their appetite. And with the COVID infections, one of the things that happened to me is not only did I lose my sense of smell a few days into things, but I immediately lost my appetite. And I rarely lose my appetite. Um, you know, I was exercising, doing about 60 miles a week, running. I had a really good appetite, and uh, I'm a big eater. Um, you know, I, I don't think that I, I don't, I try not to eat between meals, but I do eat uh, till I'm full, and I do consume a fair amount of calories for my size. And I had no desire to um, consume calories I ate mainly to try to get some nutrients in, but I really wasn't all that worried um, while I was having a fever. I think that, again, the fasting allows the body time to heal. I needed to divert my blood to where it needed to go and not really to my stomach to, you know, try to process food. If you look at the COVID in, uh, disease, you know, um, SARS-CoV is the virus, COVID-19 is the disease, the highest risk uh, population are those people that are overweight or have cardiac disease. And, um, you know, if we, again, put fasting into that, it can only help. If you want to try to prevent a bad infection uh, or decrease, you know, your, your response to um, COVID, then getting your weight under control is the best thing that you could possibly do. In addition, people that have worse outcomes with COVID tend to have low vitamin D levels. People that are overweight, vitamin D is stored in the fat, and it tends to be um, less available in people that are obese. So even though they may have vitamin D, they can't access it. So that's another reason, replacing vitamin D, but again, getting the weight under control is, is very, very important as far as making you, the host, more healthy uh, and able to fight off uh, an infection. People are asking me, um, you know, what to do to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. Um, I can only relay the information that's available to me 
and what I have seen and read through the New England Journal, the British Medical Journal, the Journal of American Medical Association, what's been published on the phase one, two, and three trials. Um, and I think that people have to weigh the risks versus benefits uh, for themselves. If you're a very high-risk individual that, uh, and you're morbidly obese and you have cardiac disease and, and or asthma, you may be someone that the risk of the vaccine is less than the risk of getting COVID. Um, there is a question of um, the duration of immunity with a vaccine. Uh, maybe three months, we don't know. Uh, maybe longer. We're not as sure ex exactly. We know there's antibodies produced, but we're not sure what other kind of immunity uh, is, is stimulated. There is a risk of an autoimmune component that um, the body may react to this foreign protein that's made by the ribosome and uh, may it not be able to turn off. We don't know. We do know from the phase three trials that people, um, a high percentage of people get a headache, a temperature, maybe chills, uh, fatigue, injection site pain that may last for 24 to 48 hours. There have been anaphylactic reactions in some people. It is worse with people that have had a reaction to some medication or vaccine in the past. We don't know what happens down the road. There is no data. Um, I believe that um, the high-dose vitamin C is important in, in prophylaxis, and if somebody gets uh, COVID, um, COVID, I'm still taking, again, I said before, vitamin C and D, uh, as well as the zinc and quercetin. But I think you have to be your, your own advocate. You know, can you take care of yourself? What's your underlying condition? And, and make that decision um, accordingly. And we just watch, you know, talk to your doctor. We watch and see. Um, I think that you have to be your own advocate. Um, the dosage is set, 30 micrograms for the Pfizer dose. Um, you know, there was talk about decreasing the dose. I think you have to say, no, I want the dose that, we're in the three, that, that was decided on in the phase three trials. I don't think you should mix... Um, you know, if you had a Pfizer vaccine, don't take another one. For the second dose, you must get the second dose in order to get immunity. So, And you must get it in the window that is prescribed the 21 to 28 days. So that's very, very important for uh, that to happen. So if you're going to get... Um, and you're not protected as soon as you get the, the vaccine. So don't think that you can go get the shot at wherever and um, then get on a plane and, and take your mask off and be perfectly healthy and do what you want. That is not the case. It, the, the immunity builds up over time, mainly after the second dose. The greatest, it seems to be around in the day 40 or so. So um, do be careful and, and be uh, responsible. And, and the other thing that I can't stress enough is be responsible anyway. If you have a fever or you have fatigue like you've not had before or a terrible headache that's not usual for you, stay home. Don't infect other people. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to spread. I believe the spread occurs when people have symptoms uh, and you need to take care of yourself, but you need not to spread it to other people as well. And I think that's where the problem comes. People just don't recognize the symptoms. You know, so, you know, if you lose your, if you can't taste or you can't smell, you had a fever and a fever 101, it's not a subtle, my fever is 98.9. That's not it. 
you have a fever, terrible body aches, terrible back pain, stay home and then go get tested. Um, I think the testing is most accurate in people that have symptoms. Um, but again, quarantine yourself. So besides uh, taking the supplements and getting your weight under control, getting your diabetes under control, um, you know, uh, again, we want to make sure people are eating uh, very nutritiously. doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, tonight, um, I made a soup with white beans, bok choy, carrots, a leek, some miso, uh, and celery, and um, a hot habanero pepper because we like things hot and spicy. And we had a piece of homemade pizza that had hot, um, oh, hot pepper probably and mushrooms and uh, peppers and tomatoes with a homemade crust. So, you know, simple, simple dinner. Uh, we tried to do soup once or twice a week at least. Um, actually, yesterday we had a cauliflower soup with carrots uh, uh, in there as well and some a uh, little bit of heat. And um, so it, it, food doesn't have to be complicated. I almost always have a big raw salad at lunchtime. Um, may add some beans or rice to that, depending uh, but it also always has a variety of uh, vegetables, a lot of greens, uh, peppers. Um, I try to get uh, wholesome breakfast in with a lot of fruit. I usually have fruit at lunch. I have fruit for dessert. Uh, I try to, to vary it uh, up. Um, you know, especially in the, these times, you want a lot of uh, good antioxidants, uh, a lot of vitamin C. Citrus is, you know, uh, in season now, uh, so it's pretty good. Um, we have papaya trees that are around almost all, all year. I liked having I like having papaya. Pineapple is also a very good source of vitamin C and uh, anti-inflammatory, so that's also a good fruit to have around. Of course, blueberries, any kind of berries is, is good to have around, but people shy away from fruit, and I think that's an unnecessary thing. Uh, I think you get a lot of antioxidants, a lot of fiber, yeah, and it, and it uh, really decreases the sweet tooth people have, you know, so it keeps you out of the cookie jar, keeps you out of the cake jar. If you're eating, if you're getting plenty of sweets from uh, your fruit, I, I think it's much easier to control your appetite for the, the sweet junk food. The other thing is I think people need to eat uh, a good meal. I, I think sometimes people are used to the standard American diet where they try to watch the size of their plate and eat a smaller amount of food and it's less calorically dense, especially if they're not adding any oil to their diet, which you should not. But, you know, oil has nine calories per gram. Fats have nine calories per gram versus carbohydrates and protein have four calories per gram. So if you're eating, uh, you know, not adding oil to cook with and you're not having oil in sauces, that really decreases the calories all of a sudden in your meals so that you, you do need to increase your uh, calorie consumption, especially if you're somebody that's burning a lot of calories. So take that into account and get, you know, eat enough at, at your mealtime, eat a wide variety of colors so that you're not going back to the refrigerator or into the junk drawer looking for those uh, things that you shouldn't be getting, beginning in. And, you know, I, I still am a... Um, um, advocate of the hard no. Uh, there's some things that just aren't good for you. And potato chips and Snickers bars aren't good for you ever. Um, and so, and a lot of people can't control those sweet things. We have no feedback, you know, to control the, the Oreos and the other things. So you just have to keep them out of your, 
out of the closet and, again, eat enough good foods that you lose the um, desire to have some of those things. I think um, given the fact that you don't always know when you're going to have to do a quarantine, whether you have an exposure to somebody that you didn't realize you were going to have an exposure or you wake up sick and uh, you didn't realize that it was coming on, I, I think that there are a few things that you should have in your pantry that that's very, very helpful. And one of them is frozen fruit. Um, I was getting to the end of my fruit, fresh fruit supply and my 10 day quarantine. So um, I always buy extra bananas and I freeze them. So I have the bananas frozen and, you know, and I always have a bag of blueberries frozen and a bag of cherries frozen and or maybe mango frozen. So I have that supply on hand. And then as your fresh fruit diminishes, you have that as backup. Certainly apples, um, you know, last a good while. Um, you know, oranges last a good while if you have those, you know, some way to keep them cool. And, um, you know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, it's good to have the frozen fruit on hand, same way with frozen vegetables. If you have enough frozen vegetables, when you start running out of fresh, then that's a really good backup. And I find when you're sick, the soup is more of a something you're going to turn to. So, you know, uh, frozen vegetables would go good in there. Your pantry, make sure you always have stock supply of beans. You may not want to cook a lot if you're really sick. So having some canned beans that have no added salt um, is, a, is a good thing to have uh, available. And, you know, having um, a rice on hand that you can uh, put in your Instapot the, uh, is, is a good thing on hand. One of the things that I ate a good bit of was miso soup with uh, some uh, buckwheat noodles. I, I added uh, roasted garlic and ginger to that. That's one of the things that, that tasted good to me. Um, I had some frozen peas. That tasted good to me. So it was kind of weird things. But, you know, and I had greens, and I didn't really want the raw salad, but I knew I needed the greens. So that is a good time to look towards the smoothie. So I threw a blender full of greens and a lemon and orange and banana and blueberries and you know, did a smoothie to drink and hydrate myself. But, um, you know, when, when my appetite was, was down and I, I felt like I, I, I needed some nutrients or I thought nutrients would, would make me feel better. Stock up on your vitamin C, the liposomal vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, quercetin. get that stuff in the house so, so you have that available or you have it available to share with your neighbor or your friend. Uh, miso is the other thing. Again, I told you before, I had some miso soup, but having some of that on it lasts forever. So having that in the refrigerator is also always a good thing to have. And potatoes. Um, you know, one night I had just in, you know, baked potato with sauerkraut on it. So having some sauerkraut's good, uh, you know, fermented vegetable that keeps a long time and having some potatoes, you could bake a potato, bake a couple, uh, that, that was, that tasted good to me. So, you know, just having the staples on hand, um, that you can survive for 10 days and, and not have to worry about uh, getting groceries. Um, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me that people take care of other people, but they don't take care of themselves. And, you know, I, I, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, certainly we get more joy out of caring for others than ourselves. Um, but you can't care for others if you don't take care of yourself. So I, I would encourage you, uh, you know, if you do, um, and most humans do get a lot of joy out of service to others, that you focus on yourself so that you can serve others. 
And, you know, if, if for no other reason to take care of yourself so that you can, you can help other people and, and be empathetic to other people and your neighbors. But, uh, you know, I do think it's, it's important that people realize that their health is, is very important and you need not to ignore it. So lastly, I would encourage you this, uh, you know, first part of January is to take a little bit of an inventory and see what you want to try to improve in yourself and, uh, you know, what hard no's you might need and what hard yeses you might need into your lifestyle and, and perhaps do a little journaling and uh, make some goals if you'd like to involve us. Uh, or have us help you, uh, certainly go over to drdelaney.com and find out how you can become a member of our practice. Uh, we have online, uh, a lot of long, online content, webinars, and uh, we put our Zoom nutrition classes up uh, so that people that aren't in the area can see um, you know, and enjoy the nutrition class on a weekly basis. But uh, we'd like to help you to, inchi- uh, to achieve whatever goal that you have. Hopefully, it will be optimal health and wellness in this upcoming year and so that you don't have to really worry about what infections are out there, um, that you can be your own advocate and make yourself healthy as you possibly can so that you can fight off whatever um, comes your way and, and, makes, and make the best of it. So thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next week, and uh, let you know how things are going. Have a good weekend.